0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So many episodes 1637. Stephanie Carton, co host of the Entrepreneista podcast and co founder of Entrepreneista.
1: We definitely invested in some team members years ago that were not the right fit and spent a lot of money and ended up having to spend a lot more money <laughs> to deal with the mistakes from hiring people that we didn't trust our gut. And we didn't listen to our gut in terms of should we have brought that person on and we we didn't listen and it mm-hmm. cost us ended up costing us a lot of money. So. Trust your gut when you're making these big decisions. If there's even a little inkling that's screaming at you, like, don't do it. Welcome to So
0: Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. We are going behind the scenes with a serial woman entrepreneur today, Stephanie Carton. She's the co host of the Entrepreneurista podcast and the co founder of Entrepreneista, which is a media company and membership community, the Entrepreneista League, which is dedicated to providing resources and support for women founders and leaders. Stephanie is an entrepreneur at heart and it's kind of in her DNA. She's co founded Multiple companies, including the award winning social media agency Socialfly. And in the next half hour, Stephanie and I are going to talk about her entrepreneurship story how it began, how it's going, her biggest financial win and challenges, her advice for founders and how to leverage social media and content to grow your business. And she even takes us to inside her home, talking about being the breadwinner and some of the financial decisions that she and her husband have made to support their family. Stephanie and I are actually collaborating later this year at a wealth and wellness retreat hosted by Entreprenista. It's called Founders Weekend. It's happening May 3rd through the 5th at the Ritz-Carlton Orlando. You can get your ticket at Entreprenista.com slash And if you use the code Farnoosh150, you get $150 off your ticket. I'll put that link and the promo code in our show notes. Very excited for this episode. Here's Stephanie Carton. Stephanie Carton, welcome to So Money. It's nice to have you on So Money as you were so generous to have me on the Entrepreneista podcast to promote a healthy state of panic. We had so much fun. We've been talking ever since offline. Yes. Excited to have you on to talk about your entrepreneur journey, your parenting journey, and also you were telling me before we were recording that you have an interesting arrangement at home where your husband left his job uh, to be the full-time caregiver. So that you could be more focused on the business, I want to hear some of that and how that's yes. going, and any the advice you have for those of us in the audience who, who want to pursue that as well. But first, have you have you been? I, we were just talking about like we have kid, you have a you have a daughter. I have two kids. Like. You're in Florida, though, right? So
1: yeah. So I will tell everyone it is beautiful and uh, sunny here with palm trees. I'm an unofficial Florida state recruiter. I just tell everyone about the weather here, and everyone comes down. Yeah, so.
0: <laughs> I was actually in Miami in February of last year, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good time to be in Florida. It's always a good time to experience the sun,
1: but especially yes. in February because we just had a snow day. And I'm, I know our I'm team, every, everyone up in New York, I'm like, I'm so sorry, I but know. you don't have to stay there. There's always choices in life. You can always leave and come come to the sunshine state. So, (laughs) Well, the
0: the topic of optionality is an important one. And I think we're going to get into it a little bit as we uncover and and talk about your path and your entrepreneurial journey. I know that um, you have said that entrepreneurship is in your DNA. And you were that kid who was constantly picking up on trends and curious about making a business out of, you know, hypotheticals. And so tell me a little about yourself as a, as a young person. And then I think there's enough of us in the audience that we'd be curious to learn how to encourage this in our children. If we do see signs of business savvy or entrepreneurship, or even just creativity, how to encourage them to
1: take that plunge. Cause I wasn't taught entrepreneurship as a kid. Absolutely. And I wasn't taught it either. I really do believe it was just in my blood and who I just am naturally. And I think it's because I was this bored like, connector and love to meet people and have conversations. And as a child, I remember you know being a brownie. So that's what you are before yes. you're a Girl Scout and selling these Girl Scout cookies and getting that first real taste of entrepreneurship and seeing, okay, there's a product that people are interested in and you walk up to their house and take out that piece of paper to see what they want and you order it for them. And then I became a top seller figuring out, you know, how do I sell more boxes of cookies? And it felt really good to be able to give people things that they want. And from there as a child as new things i saw new things trending beanie babies and pogs i always wanted to be like the first mover to figure out how to bring that to everyone and then have those conversations so no one really taught it to me i just like had it in me and i like to figure things out i like to meet people i like to have conversations and then i also did theater growing up as well ah. so i think that was all it was all <laughs> part of it <laughs> it's the performance it's the relating it's the thinking outside the box
0: How much of it was also the money? Because my daughter, I think she's a Girl Scout. Yeah. Maybe she's a brownie. I don't know, technically. But she uh, loves to sell. Yes. Because she likes to collect the money. Like her piggy bank is overflowing. She likes to just accumulate dollars. I think she's the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yes. Uh, (laughs) For you, how much of it was also financially exciting?
1: It was very exciting because I remember as a child, like I would get an allowance, but I had to save up to get the things that I wanted. I wasn't able to just like walk into a store and like I want this, I want that, and be able to have it. I had to work for it and earn it. Yeah. So I loved being able to make the money to then buy the things that I wanted. So one of the things that I saved up for when I started this seventh grade Beanie Baby resale business <laughs> uh, was I yeah. saved up three hundred dollars and I bought a bunk bed. I really wanted a bunk bed, and it was like, okay, if you want a bunk bed, you need to pay for a bunk bed. So I started this Beanie Baby resale business. I had parents coming to my house and here I'm this 12-year-old answering the door and it's like, here's your retired Beanie Baby. And they're writing me checks for $50. So just figuring out how to make the money and get the things that I wanted was so fun. Yeah.
0: Well, fast forward to today, you're running... More than one business. You've got Entrepreneista, which is an exciting um, community. There's a successful podcast that you host. And I want to get into all of that and the resources that you have at Entrepreneista, I think really a great fit for a lot of our audience members. And I'm actually going to be speaking at your Founders Weekend later this year in May. We'll get you all that information, listeners. But first, let's talk about the earlier business that you founded called Fly. This is a full-service media marketing and influencer agency that you actually co-founded with your BFF, Courtney Spritzer. This was about 10 years ago or maybe even more at this point. And you talk about how this business was actually born out of a side hustle it kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of the Skim story. where The two founders, Danielle Weisberg and her co-founder, they like were working at MSNBC, and then they were doing the Skim at night in their shared apartment. And I, I sense a similar origin story. And it really took off May fourth, twenty twelve. That was the date where you. Both quit your jobs to pursue social fly full time. Quitting your job with your best friend on the same day, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) Give me a, you know, like what happened that day? How are you feeling? What's a standout memory from May 4th?
1: I just remember being so excited to finally be able to actually focus full time on the business because Courtney and I, for about 10 months, we were working nights and weekends, taking on social media clients on the side. And we were working during our lunch breaks every single night after work. We were meeting after we're, or on the weekends over at the fitness club that I belong to in New York City in the cafe, just working from there in our apartments. And it just became too much to manage to really have our full-time job and try to grow this agency business. So we said, all right, if we're Actually, going to go all in and do this business. We have to do it now or not do it at all. So, we did what any early 20 somethings do. We're like, we'll just quit our jobs on the same day and see what happens. But I was so excited to finally be able to just make it happen. And we said, you know, we were, look, we were both in our early 20s. I think Courtney was 24, 25. I was 27. We were not married, did not have children, responsibilities. So, Courtney had this whole backup plan. Like, if it doesn't work within three months, like she had the whole backup plan figured out for herself. And I'm like, it's going to work. I had no backup plan. Like this was going to happen. We were going to do it, but that's like the difference in our personalities, which is, makes us great business partners. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I was going to ask you, that was my follow-up question. Finding the right business partner is a diamond in the rough sometimes. And it sounds like you're not always on the same page, but that kind of works for you. Like, so you would describe yourself as more of the, more of the risk taker and she more of the practical measured risk taker.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. When it comes to business, absolutely. And it's mm-hmm. so funny in our personal lives, I'm like much more like conservative and uh. want to plan absolutely everything. And she's like the risk taker, doesn't plan things, goes out and like just figures it out. So it's just so interesting how our business personalities and how we make decisions and take risks are, are very different. But... Our relationship has evolved so much over the past 12 years, Varnoosh. When we first met and became friends and then business partners, we were in our early 20s. We are just so... We're very different as people now 12 years later. And we've had both had so much life and business experience. But we got very lucky in the sense that one... We happen to have completely opposite skill sets, which have made us incredible business partners. But what has really like set the foundation is that we have absolute trust in each other. And we have the same vision for our businesses that we've started together. And we know that we are both always going to do whatever it takes. And we care about each other so much personally. And we trust each other immensely. And if you don't have that trust in a business partnership and you can't have those conversations, you probably won't have a great experience with a business partner.
0: Yeah. You know, what's interesting too about SocialFly, and then we'll move on to Entreprenista because I think that's um, also super fascinating what you've built there, is that you started SocialFly, obviously social media oriented or company marketing company, but it was before social media as we know it today. And so that must have also been interesting and challenging as you've evolved, like keeping up with all mm-hmm. of these changes. And there was probably, there were probably patches or periods of time where like things weren't working because mm-hmm. everything was evolving and like, who uses Twitter anymore? I don't know. I mean, yeah, some people, but like, you know, and now it's TikTok. And so yeah. as As co-founders, how do you have those, how do you navigate all of those changes that are external?
1: Yeah, it's very hard and, you know, All industries always evolve and change, but especially social media. It's changing every single day. As you said, the algorithms algorithms are changing, new platforms are launching, and you always have to be on the forefront, especially if that's your business and the services that you're offering. So you have to be able to move very quickly. You have to be very adaptable to change. And you have to be able to test and try new things. And something at Socialfly that we have you know been very committed to over the years is really our core company values and culture of the business and the team and making sure that we're bringing on team members that want to innovate, that they are excited by innovation. You know, one of our values is being able to stay ahead of the curve because mm-hmm. if you can't stay ahead of the curve in that type of business, like it's not the right business to be in. But I can't sit here and say that, oh my gosh, it's been so easy. It's been so hard, so hard. <laughs> well, later
0: I want to ask you about some of the financial challenges and wins whether it was with Fly or Entrepreneurista, uh, But I know a lot of us in the audience too care about showing up authentically online, mm. whether it's on LinkedIn or Twitter. Well, maybe not Twitter, but like Instagram. Mm. Those are my two favorites, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn yeah, these days. <laughs> uh, how, if you're just starting maybe your own business or you really want to get more focused on your personal brand identity and social media is a great way to sort of expose that and, and share that, Where do you start? Because it can be really overwhelming. A lot of my clients that I work with on their personal branding and who may not have any identity on social, they're like, I don't know what to do. What do I do? And my advice, if maybe you can tell me if you like this or not, is just go where you're hanging out the most. Mm -hmm. Start a platform there. Because part of what contributes to your success on a platform is your understanding as a user mm-hmm. of what works, what you like. And so you can take that knowledge to then your own design platform communication on there. And, and I think that is a little bit of a, you have a little bit of a running start, I think with that.
1: Absolutely. Strategy. That's such, such great advice. So the first step really is to start with a social media strategy because a lot of times, and I say the same as you, like just get started, start on one platform where you're really comfortable. Absolutely. That is a great place to start, but you want to be sure you actually have a strategy in place because if you just jump in and start creating all of this content, everyone knows about you. Great. But what is that next step? And if your goal for your business is to get more customers, more clients, you need to be able to take people through that funnel to actually be able to connect. Because a lot of times I'll hear people say like, I've done social media. It doesn't work. Nothing's happened. And it's like, but did you have a strategy to get people from that first point of awareness to actually becoming clients or customers? And if social media isn't your you know, expertise, like that's okay. There's a lot of people that really have expertise in social media. It's one of the reasons why we started Socialfly in our agency business, but there's a lot of resources out there right now to help. There's, you know, freelancers, there's other business owners who I'm sure would jump in, like in our community, if you posted in our community that you're looking for help with something, people will, will jump in and help <laughs> you. So meet with someone, yeah. meet with someone who has an expertise in helping you build out that strategy. And then if you are a solopreneur and you're just getting started. There's so many tools out there to really be able to help you get started on your social media strategy, like Canva. There's yeah, obviously yes. just using your phone. There's so many ways to chat create GBT. really great. ChatGPT. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. There's a, some really many new ManyChat. ManyChat. You know, yeah. ManyChat. We, we just started on many chat, So we're testing stuff. You're using it now too, right? Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's so great. I want to hear all, can... all your tips too. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: if you've, if you've been following me on Instagram and I'll post something about an episode. What else? What what? Many, many chat is sort of like a Zapier or a Zapier. Mm-hmm. It uses that t- functionality where like it it's a trigger. So you tell your followers, hey, comment below the, a, a keyword. Like it could be the word podcast, and then what? And then it's connected to the Many Chat algorithms, or and then the Many Chat bot takes that cue and then DMs that person a link to your podcast. Um, So it's great because it closes the loop, which is to your point, like it's a funnel thinking of social media as the beginning or the top of a funnel that's ultimately Mm going to get somebody to opt into whatever it is. And by the way, speaking of resources, you have a book on all of this. So if you want to follow for more advice, Stephanie wrote a book called Like, Love, Follow, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Using Social Media to Grow Your Business. Yes. It's very, very, it's like no secrets to what you're going to learn. <laughs> yes, we are. We're here to
1: share all the secrets. Now I will um, caveat and say we did write that book uh, in 2015. So a lot of the screenshots in there are a bit outdated, but the principles okay. have stayed the same in social media. So social media is about being social with your audience and community and starting, like I said, with that top of funnel awareness, but you have to move everyone down that funnel if you are going to build a business and get customers. And Farnoosh, I do want to share my number one secret and tip that I want everyone to know how to, especially on Instagram, where all the conversions are actually happening on Instagram.
0: Oh my God. I'm I'm a
1: little nervous to hear this. Okay, go. You might already know. It's in the DMs. So having conversations, having real conversations with your audience, with your customers, because again, something I hear all the time from people is, I've built, I have all these followers, I've built all this audience, I've created all this content. I'm like, that's amazing. Have you connected with them? <laughs> have you started yeah. a conversation with them? Because- you know, you're
0: right. You, we talked about this earlier. And I think when we were just having an offline conversation, mm-hmm. you said, Farnoosh, when you go into your Instagram, look at all the people who just started following you, send them a hello. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it takes maybe 20 minutes, but it's, it's a productive way to be on the app as opposed to just doom scrolling. Yeah. And I have found too that like I just feel fill, i'm feeling my membership or I was filling my membership the so many members club everybody if you're um if you're if you miss the boat uh get in touch, but essentially people would you know they would i would use many chat they would get the link to the membership, and I would follow up with a personal d m hey, mm-hmm. do you have any questions? It's me. And then I would say I would close the deal one out of two times by doing that because it was either like just a reminder to them that, oh, my gosh, I have to look at this or, oh, this is so cool. Like, she's reaching out to me. I want more of this. So, yeah, I think this is it's less as it's going deeper. I think this year is the theme. And. I know a lot of people that don't have the millions of followers. They might have 10,000 followers, which is a lot, but not, you know, you're always comparing yourself. That's really significant. And if you're engaged with that audience, they will buy something from you. And it's just a matter of what you're going to create that's going to be meaningful to them.
1: Build that one-to-one relationship. Small niche audiences are amazing. So have those conversations with your community online in the DMs.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. So let's move on to the next parlay of your entrepreneur journey, which was the evolution of Entrepreneista, the league, the podcast. This also was sort of came out of your work through social fly, a lot of people coming to you for like business advice, you and Courtney, like, how do I start? How do I raise money? How do I get this resource? How do I build my social media platform? And you, just, you were saying like, there's only so many coffees you can have with people. Yeah. Like, You need to build a community and, and see if that's the solution. And how's it been going? Talk, talk about Entreprenista, the podcast, the membership, what its mission is and how we can join.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we started, said started as our podcast that Courtney and I launched. It was November of 2018. So it's been a bit over five years now since we released that first episode. And as you said, we started it because so many women and founders were reaching out to us wanting to pick our brain. I'm sure you hear all the time, Varnoosh, yeah. like, can I pick your brain? Can you tell me about finance? And now you have this community and you created these solutions to help people. But Courtney and I were busy, you know, running our core business was our agency business. We physically couldn't go out with everyone. Reaching out, and we were like, How can we just help as many women founders at scale? There has to be a way. So, our aha moment was, Let's start a podcast and we'll share all these incredible stories of like women like yourself that have built awesome companies and have so much advice and insight to share. That way, when someone reaches out and says, I want to, you know, build a fashion company, we can say, Go listen to that episode with Michelle Cordero Grant and hear how she built lively. So, that was our initial solution. And it was like this side content project on the side of running our agency business. Then the pandemic happens, then 2020 happens. And now we start getting all of these messages from our listeners and our followers. And we were hearing things like, I lost my job during the pandemic. I want to start a business. Can you help? Or I need to pivot my business. Can you help? And here Courtney and I are like, oh my gosh, like we need to help all of these women. We were also just like everyone else who's running a business in the middle of the pandemic, trying to figure everything out ourselves. Like we're here, we are running an agency business. And we, you know, had built an amazing network and community over the past 10 years through all the things that we have done that we now share with our community. But so we had a community and people to go to for trying to figure everything out during the pandemic. But now here are all these people reaching out to us, needing more help. And we're like, we need to create this community. Everyone is asking for it. But now here, Courtney and I are, you know, we're running our agency business and now we want to, you know, build everything out with Entrepreneurista in the middle of a pandemic. We had to work together. We worked with our business coach to really figure out a plan on mm-hmm. how can we best divide and conquer to make this happen? Because, We knew when we started our podcast that there was so much more there and we could do so much more, but we were so focused on running our agency business. So we decided in the middle of 2020, Courtney and I both moved down to South Florida now. And we decided to really divide and conquer in the businesses where Courtney now runs our agency business, Socialfly. So I actually... I don't even touch anything in that business anymore. Courtney runs and manages the whole business. And then we spun off Entrepreneista as a fully separate company. Um, And I'm the CEO of of Entrepreneista. And now it's going to be almost four years. Can you believe it's going to be four years since the pandemic? Wait, so you said business coach. I want to double click on that. So
0: you and Courtney share a business coach. Tell us a little bit about how those meetings work, like what, what sort of the what's the problem solving that happens? Yeah. And I think that's an interesting investment. I don't have one. And I'm like, well, maybe I should get a business coach.
1: Everyone should get a business coach. Seriously. (laughs) And like through a referral of someone who says they have a really great business coach, because that way, you know, it's going to be someone who's like proven and and can really help. Um, So the business coach that Courtney and I had worked with for many years that we, Um, We started working with her. It was probably about 20, maybe 2014, 2015, pretty early on when we started. Her name is Leslie Grossman. And we had been connected with her through another networking organization. And she was a leader in another um, like CEO mentorship coaching program. So we started working with her and... Look, as I mentioned, Courtney and I were so, we were very young when we first started our businesses. We didn't know, you know, how to, I'm putting in air quotes, be CEOs or manage teams. You know, we were figuring everything out as we went along and we were learning about our relationship together and growing as co founders. So it was so helpful to have another person, one, who had run a similar business to ours and then became a coach. And two, to really just like, share with us new perspectives and teach Mm -hmm. us things that we didn't know and learn how to, you know, prioritize and divide responsibilities and just really teach us the things that we didn't know as we were growing. So we would have meetings. We call them like business therapy, basically, in the early days when we were having these meetings with Leslie. And she is really like one of the reasons why Entreprenisa exists because she helped us make this plan to be able to have me be able to focus on building entrepreneurs and now into this full media company and membership community for founders. Oh, incredible. Incredible. I loved hearing about investing in people to help you
0: grow, your people-centric business grows. What's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? My husband said to me the other day, just take the afternoon off. And friends, while that sounds great, I just didn't know what to do with myself. Should I go for a run, take a nap? It's funny, right? Because I spend my life wishing I had more time, but the question has now become time for what? I realized I need to spend some time thinking about what is actually important to me. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. We talk about the importance of mental health all the time on this show, how it's important for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash so money today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot slash So Money. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, also known as problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since maybe high school, get something you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problem Solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code PODCAST15. Ever had buyer's remorse after purchasing a piece of furniture online? Listen, I've made all the mistakes in the past with ordering incorrectly sized pieces, items that had poor quality, bad fabrics. I've suffered through intolerable customer service. Fortunately, now I've discovered Cozy, a North American company that offers thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. And let me tell you, it's an exceptional experience. Delivery is fast and free and assembly is a breeze. The furniture is elegant, it's customizable. You even have the ability to add modules to Cozy's sofas over time, so the furniture grows with you. And my favorite quality, of course, is that the price points are affordable. Cozy eliminates the middleman and offers tremendous value through its direct-to-consumer business model. Transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, that's spelled C-O-Z-E ey.com to start customizing your furniture. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral filled water could be the reason. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Dermatologists recommend it And while you're there, use the code So Money at checkout to save an additional 10 percent off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. What are some of the hangups that you find today? A lot of your entrepreneurs within the community, women founders, are facing. It was maybe something different during the pandemic. I feel like it's always it's always like a, t- a telltale sign of what's happening in the world. But like, yes, is it work life balance? Is it you know, I don't know. I, so that's so, the question. So many
1: things. Yeah. <laughs> so many things. Okay. So the biggest things that I hear all of the time, yes, work-life balance. I call it now work-life integration, like figuring out how do we just integrate our businesses with our families and personal life? Because I personally don't believe there is ever like just balance, like everything's 50-50. You know, life and business, there's highs and lows and different seasons of life and business. And you just have to be able to like keep flowing and going as yeah. things evolve and change. But, you know, de- definitely see people trying to really figure out how to just integrate everything. The next thing that I see a lot of is, and you mentioned this too, when people come to you with like social media personal branding questions is like, how do I do it? Like, I don't know how to do it. How do I do it all? Mm-hmm. And the, and Courtney and I were the same. Like when we first started Fly, we joined networking groups. We joined organizations to constantly be able to learn to figure all of these things out. And one of the reasons why we created our community, the Entrepreneurista League, was to be able to save people so much time and money because we've already figured a lot of this out. And we want to be able to share all of these learning lessons and resources with everyone mm-hmm. because the amount of questions as an entrepreneur that you have every day that you have to answer, like, what tool do I use? What solution do I use? Who do I hire? Do I get a freelancer or contractor? Or can I employ people in these states? Like You'd be going to Google all day, every day. And it takes a lot of time. And you want to be able to focus on growing your business. So being able to have a community where you can just pop in and ask questions to and get instant feedback and reliable embedded feedback right away, I think has I've seen save people a lot of time. And then the third thing is access to capital and funding. People Mm -hmm. are just trying to figure out how do I get money to start my business? How do I fund my business? Um, So a lot of these questions that, um, and challenges that entrepreneurs have, we've created all of these resources in our community to help answer all of these questions, alleviate all of the problems and just make it a little bit easier than it was for Courtney and I when we tried to figure it all out on our own in the early days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and truthfully, you may not want or need external funds, you know. Yep. Everyone thinks, oh, venture capital, it's, it's, you get that. And it's like, clearly you're on, you're off on to this path of success, but sometimes it's more of a pain than anything.
1: Yeah. And I want to say about access to capital. So not just venture funding or angel investors, but how do you apply for grants? So getting that non-dilutive capital and then access to business credit. So that was something that Courtney and I learned early on is, you know, getting a business credit card so we can start, you know, earning credit for the business. And then we got a line of... The best advice we ever got was getting a line of credit for the business when we didn't need it. Because when you do need it, you probably won't qualify for it.
0: Ah, yes. Being forward thinking. Yes. Um, Yeah. I... Yeah. I did that personally uh, in 2022 or 2023. Now I can't remember, but I applied for a personal line of credit just because I, you know, rates were decent and I had a lot of equity and I was like, this is going to be my, in case of an emergency break open glass cash, uh, which I haven't used yet. So there you go. And also I qualified for it really fast because I wasn't, yeah, I was, I was not desperate. Right. Exactly. Tell us how we can join
1: Entrepreneurista.
0: Yes. Is is
1: enrollment over? I saw you were enrolling in January. Is it too late? We're enrolling in January. We're going to be doing another open enrollment period in March, which we haven't announced yet. So we'll announce it right here, right now in this okay. podcast, Mardouche. So yeah. the week of March 11th, we will be doing another open enrollment period. Um, so right now, if you head over to entrepreneza.com forward slash join, you can put in your email and sign up for the waitlist. That way you get an email right when we're open for enrollment again. And now our membership is a lifetime membership. So when you join the community, you get access for life we wanted to wow. be able to give everyone all of these resources be able to know that you have the peace of mind that you have access to this community as you're growing and scaling your business and we know you're going to go through different seasons of life and business and sometimes you might need more resources and be more active and sometimes other things might be going on and you don't need to pop in and that's okay we have all of the resources community and connections when you when you need it the most we are here so
0: But as an entrepreneur, I hear lifetime access and I'm just thinking you need a lot of insurance because (laughs) what if, what if, you know, like the platform that you're using burns to to the ground? What if, what if you decide I don't want to do this anymore as a business owner? What does that actually mean lifetime access? I'm curious, just because I started a community I'm like, maybe I should give people lifetime access.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to chat about, we can offline about all the pros and cons of doing lifetime access. So when we initially launched the community, we were a yearly uh, membership. So you would pay an annual fee every single year. Um, And last June, we decided to change our membership model to lifetime access because I don't want entrepreneurs having to think about, you know, let's just say you are having a hard time in your business. That's actually probably when you need the community the most, not when you should be thinking about, Mm. should I pay for access to this right now if I'm having a hard time in life or business? Like that's what community is for. Like we want right. to be here for you through all the great times. If things aren't going well, we want you to be able to jump in and get the resources and connections that you need. Wow. So it was very important to us to be able to offer this and it's been going so, so well.
0: All right. We're going to talk about challenges and wins <clears throat> in the early days of this podcast. I used to call it your so money moment and then your, and then your financial failure. <laughs> I love failure. Uh, yeah. I really do. I think it's what's propelled me in life so much. We actually just had a guest on the show. I don't think I've aired the episode yet, but it's all about setbacks mm-hmm. and career setbacks. And- yes,
1: Amy, yeah, Amy all. Yes, Amy's yes. in our community. Oh my God.
0: Yes. yes, Okay, well, even better. Um, but yeah, I think uh, failure and setbacks in your career and your financial life—even sometimes, not that we want for them—but it's it. There's a gift in all of that. And so what's for you, and maybe also Courtney, been the biggest financial win in the business? A decision that you made that just opened up a lot of doors, Mm -hmm. created more financial abundance, um, and then also a really hard moment that you both faced?
1: I feel like we've been through lots, lots of both over the past 12 years. I mean, I would say the biggest wins were when we would invest in ourselves and in our business because it always helped to move our business forward. So I know we talked about Leslie, our business coach. I mean, one of the best investments we ever made was investing in having a coach to really be able to help us because when you are able to learn, you're able to find new solutions and ultimately be able to grow your business that way. So investing in a coach... Other investments for the business in general. Like anytime we made big investments, you know, if we wanted to do a rebrand when we wrote our book. So we actually self-published our first book, Like Love Follow, because we really knew we needed to focus on building our brand for Fly, building our personal brands, because ultimately, people like to do business with people that they know, love and trust. And if we could position ourselves as these experts and thought leaders in social media, that could help us land more clients and get more meetings. And it absolutely did. But it costs a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. eight years ago, there's a lot, I think there's a, many more affordable resources now to self-publish books, but it cost us, I don't remember, $20,000, $25,000 back then to be able to publish this book. It was a very big investment, but it paid big dividends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree with that. Okay. But, but failure.
1: failure. Oh yeah. yeah. So many failures. <laughs> so, um, the success of a business ultimately is about having the right team and having a team that are is mission-aligned, that values-aligned. And we definitely invested in some team members years ago that were not the right fit and spent a lot of money and ended up having to spend a lot more money (laughs) to deal with the mistakes from hiring people that we didn't trust our gut and we didn't listen to our gut in terms of should we have brought that person on? And we, we didn't listen and it cost us, ended up costing us a lot of money. So trust your gut when you're making these big decisions. If there's even a little inkling that's screaming at you, like don't do it, probably don't do it. (laughs) Red
0: flags are my favorite. With hiring, you're right. It's such a it's such an investment. It's it's their the person you're hiring. They're investing. You're investing. And mm-hmm. I think having a trial period is always yes. a good way to go for it. get things date. going. Yeah, we need to date exactly. Yes. Even companies, when you work for companies, yes. they don't give you the four hundred one k right away. Totally, you gotta work there for three three months at least.
1: Yeah, a lot. Of, it's three goods. months a year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we we do the same thing now, and these were some of our big learnings: is bring and especially it's easier to do that now with because of the pandemic and remote working over the past couple of years. But start on a trial, freelance. Make sure it's a great fit for everyone, and then bring someone onto the team because once you bring someone on full time in a full time capacity with on payroll benefits, there's a lot more liability for you and your company as the business owner, if it doesn't work out. Where if it's freelance, it's pretty easy if it's not the right fit for the company or for the freelancer to part ways, simple and easy. Once someone is full time as employee, not not so much.
0: Words to live by. Let's shift a little bit to personal stuff, if I may. Might get a little personal. (laughs) But you know you talked about work life balance earlier and also now knowing now that you are the full-time breadwinner how is it going how did you have that conversation and any advice you have for folks out there who want to pursue this financial flip essentially
1: yeah my husband and i have really had this conversation for many years now about for me being able to really focus on the business now when we first had our daughter Molly, he was working full time at that point, and he wasn't really in love with his job. So it became this: okay, we could, you know, get help to be able to watch Molly because I did not have a choice; I was going to be obviously going back to work running the businesses. Um, but he wasn't in love with his job, and it was, you know, do you do you want to stay home with Molly instead of us getting extra help? And it was very important that like he came to that decision on his own that I said, I was like, I don't want to be the one to make this decision for you because I didn't want him to then like resent me if he, you know, didn't enjoy it or it didn't feel great for him. And he made that choice to stay home with Molly. And it's been so wonderful being able to just know, like for me, just having the peace of mind that he's that she's been with him for the past few years and especially through the pandemic. Now he probably would have ended up losing his job because of the pandemic because he was working in the hospitality industry. So he probably would would have been out of a job for at least, you know, six months to a year, but decided not to, when we moved down here, not to, not to go back to work for the first couple of years. And and we'll see now she's in school full time. So started having those conversations because I think he is getting ready to, to want to do something a little more, but um, just really being able to have open and honest conversations together is what, what helped us.
0: Yeah. And and checking in. And I like what you said about making sure that this was his decision. And and the resentment can work on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, you as the person working full time in, in a corporate setting and running a business, you can, you know, start to envy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are days when you're like, yeah. I wish I didn't have to like log in. Yeah. Um, it's a different stress and different like work structure when you're with a kid, obviously, I think actually that might be even harder a lot of the days. So
1: hard. It's so so hard. hard.
0: It's all Um, hard. Yeah. And you have become quite the advocate for women who have gone through complicated infertility and pregnancies as you've shared your own story widely on the Today Show How has, you know, your evolution becoming a mom, how has that shaped your perspective on building a family while being a a founder?
1: So I was, you know, going through my infertility journey about five, six years into running SocialFly. And I feel like running a business prepared me to go through a struggle with infertility just from all the problem solving and the ups and the downs that you go through. And then I ended up having this very complicated pregnancy. And I now feel like everything that I went through with this very complicated pregnancy with Molly has now just like shifted and changed not who I am as a person, but just my priorities and. You know how i how I just connect with others, my daughter would not be here if i did did not share and share what what was going on through my infertility journey and through my pregnancy journey because it was people through Instagram and Facebook that connected me with the right doctors that gave me the information that I needed to make certain strategic decisions uh, during my complicated pregnancy journey, and she would not be here if i didn't share so I've always been this connector and community builder, but more than ever have just been able to see the power of when social media is used for good and it's used to connect and to share and to help so many amazing and wonderful things can happen. And now I just continue to give back and pay it all forward. And one of the reasons I continued and continue now to share my story is because I know so many other people are are going through similar things to what I went through. So if I can be that voice or that light that they find that helps them get through it, there were so many women that were that for me. And I had to have gone through this hard, challenging time for a reason. So I can help other people, I... Yeah. That's what I'm here to do. You're paying it forward so much in so many ways, Stephanie. I'm
0: really excited to meet you in person in May, which brings us to Founders Weekend, which I love. You call this a wealth and wellness retreat. I mean... Who like, come on, let's just do this tomorrow. Like,
1: can we, I know I'm like counting down down the days. (laughs) I'm like, I wish it was all like already totally done and ready to go. So we could have it this weekend, but, um, we're still planning lots of incredible things as part of the weekend. So we wanted to make the whole weekend all about building your personal and business wealth, but also about wellness and taking care of yourself. Because if I've learned anything over the past 12 plus years of running businesses, trying to start a family, having a family is that if we do not take care of ourselves, our minds, our body, our spirit, we can't take care of our businesses. We can't take care of our families. We can't be there for other people. So how can we really integrate everything together so we can build the life that we want, the business that we want, ha- all make as much money as possible so we can do all the things that we want to do while taking care of ourselves. Uh, so we are bringing in some of the most incredible speakers like you, news We're so excited that you're going to be there to so share. All of your incredible learning lessons. I'm just so excited to to learn from you. And I'm excited I'm in your community now to, to learn all of yes. your your wealth secrets and and how um, to do it all. I'm just I'm here to serve. So yes. wherever you need the advice. And yes. preferably
0: a sunny destination, which yes. it will be. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, to coming down. I might even bring my my family if it, yes. if it all works out. Little, it's going to work out, actually. I won't actually. tell we, them we're going to be near Orlando, though. Yeah. That's not... They're, they're not going to know that part.
1: Yes. <laughs> That's the beauty. Please remove so, all signage that says Disney or Orlando. There's nothing there. So if you okay, are... Um, so the, where we're having the event, it's at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, which is connected to the JW, which is connected to the Marriott Vacation Club Vacation Ownership mm-hmm. Resort. And you're like nestled on this beautiful, lush... Uh, resort area that's about 10 minutes away from Disney but if you're at this resort area and you bring the kids they will have zero clue that Disney's there like there's not one sign of Disney <laughs> yes because so. that, that, that cannot happen because yes you they, can tell them they're in the Caribbean when you pull up Like yeah, it's just yeah, beautiful I and know. lush <laughs> and there's there's no Mickey and Minnie it's not a Disney resort it is a, the beautiful Merit Vacation Club in Ritz-Carlton right. is right there <laughs> I mean
0: you had me at Florida but yes. this even I'm sold yes. and I hope that many of you listening will join us. We'll have the link in the show notes for how to reserve your spot. I'm really excited for this and really grateful for your, you know, your presence here on our show today, Stephanie Carton. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Farnoosh.
0: Thanks so much to Stephanie for stopping by. As a reminder, the Entreprenista Founders Weekend is happening May 3rd through 5th. It's a wealth and wellness retreat. I'll be there giving a talk. It's all taking place at the Ritz-Carlton Orlando. You can get your ticket at entreprenista.com slash founders weekend and use the code Farnoosh 150 for 150 bucks off your ticket. I'll see you back here on Friday for Ask Farnoosh. I hope your day is so money. Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? Check out My First Million. Every week, we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one-man online operations to brick-and-mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million, wherever you get your
1: podcasts.